Welcome to Epiphany Fellowships Podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Mason, lead pastor and founder of Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Our desire is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in every week to check out new messages. God bless you and take care. Hosanna in the highest. Grab your copies of God's word. Meet me in the book of Daniel, the sixth chapter. When you have it, you can go ahead and stand to your feet. Daniel chapter six. If you don't have it, it's on the board, but you can still stand up. Daniel chapter 6, we're going to be verses 10 through 18, verses 10 to 18. We're going to start on three, y'all ready? One, two, three. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows... If I could tag this text for us today, I'll tag it in the difficult times, in the difficult times. Let's pray. Father, what can we do apart from you? The answer to that question is nothing. We can do absolutely nothing if you don't help us. So, Lord, I'm standing here asking for help you would speak through me, that you would convict my heart, give me clarity of speech, so that I may tell the truth of your word, 
for the good of your people. Now, Father, be glorified and be praised with our lives today. We'll be careful to give your name all glory, honor, and praise. It's in Jesus' name I do pray. And every glad heart said, amen. You may be seated. I uh, enjoy comedy. Every now and then, you know, we'll get a good comedy show and, or even a movie. And one of those movies, um, uh, Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart are uh, the stars in it. Some of y'all may know. The movie's called Get Hard. Y'all laughing, some of y'all, y'all know. It's a funny movie, it's okay, you can laugh. <laughs> um, but in the movie, um, Will Ferrell is uh, this manager who is up in the ranks and he's, he's about to get this promotion to that corner office. You know, how we all want to climb up the corporate ladder and get that corner office so we can stand there like this and look over the, the sea and the water and all that. Yeah, so somebody want that. It's all right. You can, you can talk back to me. It's okay. But with that corner office, you, you got to know that everybody is not in your corner. So they set up um, something to say that he, was, uh, he had did some, some schemes and now he was, he was going to jail. And so he had to, the, the court, he went to court and he got ordered, you, look, get yourself together and uh, get ready because you're going uh, to San Quentin. And all he could think about at San Quentin is, you know, they... They were off in there. They, I got to get myself together. Now this is, uh, um, how can I say it, um, a preppy man. San Quentin is not that by any stretch of imagination. It's, it's rough. It's, it's rough. <laughs> right? There, there's no other words to explain it. So he goes and he's, he's in his car and he's crying and he's, he comes across this little black man named Kevin Hart. And he says, man, I need your help. I need you to, to help me and prepare me to get me ready to go to San Quentin, this jail that I'm about to, this sentence I'm about to serve. And so Kevin Hart decides, who never been to jail, <laughs> huh, is preparing him to do this. But all this to say that this man is going to jail for no reason, for nothing that he has done. He has done nothing to deserve this sentence. And we come to chapter 6 of Daniel and we see Daniel uh, is, um, is under the leadership of King Darius and, and Darius has set up this kingdom and has put uh, uh, Daniel in charge of some things. He, he was one of three of the administrators and uh, King Darius seen that Daniel was a trustworthy man and was going to give him that corner office. But once again, even though you have the corner office, everybody is not in your corner. And so what they try to do is they, they try to find some type of charge against Daniel to, to say, hey, we don't want him in here. And so they go to the king and they tell the king um, to, to sign this 
law, this new law that um, anybody who prays uh, within these 30 days to any other God except for you, then they will be thrown in the lion's den. Notice um, that they had to do this because they could find no other charge against Daniel but something that had concerned his, his faithfulness to his God. They looked at his character and said, there's nothing here we can get him out, uh, we can charge him on, but we can charge him on his character and how he's trusting the Lord. And so they signed, got the king to sign an edict to say, hey, if anybody prays during this amount of time, then therefore they will be sent to the lion's den. Because of Daniel being a trustworthy person and him being gifted and uh, awarded this new position, people wanted to find something against him so that he wouldn't be able to gain the position. Daniel is facing a dilemma. Daniel is in a difficult time. But Daniel also has to make a choice. This leads me to my first point. In difficult times, you have to make a choice. Look at Daniel uh, chapter, two, chapter 6, verse 10. It says this, when Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. Like the way the NLT says it, it says, he went home and knelt down as usual. Daniel has just got word. He, he just got word that, that there is now a barrier uh, to his worship. That he can no longer be able to pray to his God. He, 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 he has to make the choice of whether or not he's going to fold and follow the new law or, or, or he's going to do business as usual. And now... This isn't some small decision. This isn't some, what shoe am I going to wear today? For those of us who have multiple cars, I don't. Uh, but y'all know how y'all be, which car am I gonna drive today? Or which job am I going to accept? No, this is something drastic. This is, this is a decision that could either lead to life or death. This is a, a hard decision that Daniel has to make, and yet we see him choose to stay faithful to God. Not only that, but he is going to pray to his Lord. How often in our lives do we, on a good day, stop to pray? Do we stop to seek the face of God on, on a good day? I'm not talking about the bad days where you feel like breaking down and you feel like crying. But I'm talking about a good day. How many of us really take the time and sit down and say, let me pray to the God and give thanks? Yet we look at this text and Daniel is not having a good day and yet he decides to pray. Uh, I'm by myself because some of y'all, y'all think... 
you know, that you're good and there's something good about you. But I, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of not praying when things are good. But I'm also guilty of not praying when things are going wrong. But notice, the behalf of verse 10, Daniel makes the choice, but he also, in making the choice, doesn't hide his choice. Daniel is bold about his choice. He, he, this is what the text says. He goes up to the upstairs room, but that's not it. He goes to the room where the windows are open. And what does he do? He, he, he gets on his knees and he begins to cry out to God with thanksgiving. Notice, don't, don't lose this idea that this is a hard moment for Daniel and he's sitting there screaming out to his God, thank you for my ups and my downs. Thank you for my ins and my outs. I thank you. This is Daniel's response in the time of difficulty. I, I remember not too long ago, a few of us, some of uh, us are in Malawi right now, um, but in 2016, a few of us went to Malawi, and, and I remember um, uh, one of the biggest things that stuck out to me was even though um, there was, uh, living was, was not ideal at all, right? Food and, and water was, was not accessible as easy as we can get it. But what I found out and what I learned was prayer was a big part of their life. And, and, and when, I, when I looked at that, it convicted my soul because there are things that I can just go and grab from my refrigerator and it'll be okay. I can take a sip, but they got to walk miles and miles away just to get some water and I can't sit down. I can't stand here and thank God for what I have. They live in a way where they're thankful even though Situation is difficult. <laughs> this, is, this is the posture of Daniel here. Do you see it? He's praying in his difficult season. I, I love uh, how Dr. Evans uh, talks about prayer. He says prayer is the means by which God established for God's people to invite the spiritual into the physical. And then to invite the invisible to the visible. This is the idea of what Daniel is doing. Daniel is sitting here in, his, uh, in, a, in a, a time of, of where he could lose his mind and also his life, but yet chooses to pray to God, and now he's moving from thanksgiving to crying out to God. What in your prayer life? Do you start off your prayers with just asking God for something? Or is your heart coming to him and saying, Lord, I thank you for my situation that I'm in. I might not know how it's going to play out, but I'm grateful that I know you in my situation. <laughs> this is Daniel's posture. Though Daniel is faced with difficulty, him asking God for help is a sign of his character. It shows that he knows his weaknesses and calls out to God. This leads me to my next point. In 
difficult times, your character should shine. Look at verse 12. So they approached the king and asked him about his edict. Didn't you sign an edict? That for 30 days, if anybody who petitions another god or man except for you, you the king, you'll, you'll, you'll throw him into the lion's den. This is, this is not the first attack on Daniel. And I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert. This ain't the last either. <laughs> Note that they didn't come in and give the news about Daniel up front. They didn't come to the king and say, hey, king, yeah. Daniel up there playing. <laughs> you, you better go get him. He need to go to the lion's den. No, no, they, they, didn't, they, they didn't do that. They, they asked the king himself. They said, king, what did you sign? They, they, they were trying to manipulate the king. The king didn't know it yet, so this is what the king says. It says, as the law of the, the, the Medes and the Persians, the order stands and is irrevocable. This can't be changed. What I wrote is signed, sealed, and delivered. <laughs> Things are getting a little dark for Daniel. Can, can you see, can you imagine that Daniel's not even in the room and they're coming against him? Uh, not, not only that, but verse 13 says, then they replied to the king, Daniel, the one, one of the Judean exiles. Notice how they introduced Daniel into the conversation. They, they, didn't, they didn't bring up that Daniel served the empire for almost 70 years. No, they didn't talk about that. They, they didn't bring up the fact that he was uh, also one of the uh, administrators that the king trusted very well. No, they, they didn't bring that up either. No, what they wanted the king to know was that Daniel was an exile for no other reason but then to humiliate him and to make it seem that he was more likely to be disloyal to the king. They go on and say Daniel has made it personal against the king and has ignored what he has signed. Isn't it interesting how the other administrators are manipulating the king with the law to discredit Daniel? But, but watch this, because 14 gives a little bit of hope. It, it says this, as soon as the king heard this, he was very displeased. Question is, who was he displeased with? Was it with Daniel? Well, I hope this next part answers your question. He said he set up in his mind to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to deliver him. Although they are coming against Daniel because of the man Daniel was, the king had made every effort to save him. The, the king was sitting here with these, these other administrators and they're saying, Daniel, he's, he's this and Daniel's that and, 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 and he's, he's, he's praying to other gods, he's ignoring you and yet the response of the king is I'm going to save him. 
But that didn't go as planned. Because remember, the king has to stay true to his word. When you live your life according to the word of God, those who don't even belong to God will see that you are a person of character. Notice, King Darius wasn't a believer. He, he just seen Daniel's character and wanted to defend him in the situation. Y'all looking at me funny. So, so come here, Dan, uh, Timothy and, and Titus. It, it, Timothy is sitting down with, uh, with Titus and he's uh, teaching him and schooling him on some things. And he says, Titus, I, I, I want you to have great orthodoxy, the right belief. I want you to believe the right thing. But that, that, that's not all. I want you to have great orthopraxy, which means I want you to practice what you preach. When you live in this way, when people are around you, they won't help but defend you because you live in a manner that practices orthodoxy and orthopraxy. <laughs> we are always willing to make every effort to get this money, <laughs> to chase our dreams. We're dream chasers. We are so ready to make sure our house is in order and our families are good and we ready to do all this stuff we, we ready to make every effort to make sure we good on this side of heaven but we we're not quick to make every effort to supplement our faith with goodness and our goodness with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with endurance, and endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. We're not ready and willing to put those things into practice, but we're ready to get some money. <laughs> we work hard for everything else. but can we work hard to have godly character? I gotta move. Verse 16, so the king gave orders and brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you continuously serve, rescue you. This brings me to my last and final point. But let me go down the list really quickly. In difficult times, you, you, you gotta know, and you have to make the choice. Also, in difficult times, you gotta know that your character will shine. But lastly, in difficult times, you gotta remember God has the last word. This is most likely the darkest moment for Daniel. He's uh, being accused and lied on, and now he's been thrown into the lion's den. Not only that, but the den is about to be sealed. But right before it's sealed, this is what the king says. May your God, 
whom you continuously serve, rescue you. Now, if I was in the Baptist church, they'd be standing up and be... <laughs> but you might be sitting here and you're saying, why would I do that? I'm Sadiddy. I am all right. Here's, here's why. Because this, these words sound a lot like a prayer. But now, now watch this. King Darius might not have even known what he was doing or saying. But he was praying on Daniel's behalf. <laughs> you, you got you, you to you know that this, this is key in this passage. That, that though Daniel knew, or no, though Darius knew not about the God that Darius was serving or knew the God, he knew enough about Daniel that when he looked at Daniel, he said, listen, you got some faith, bro. I don't know what this is. I don't know how, but I know and I hope that you get rescued from your God. He, he's saying, hey, I, I don't know, but I can go off of what I've seen from you. He, he's, Daniel has trusted God enough so that when he stood before the king, the king seen that, oh, there's something about, he smelled something on Daniel. He seen that Daniel had trust in his God. And he said, may your God whom you serve continuously rescue you. Uh, I got to get out of here now. But let me close like this. Last year, my uh, granddad passed away and uh, I was talking to my mom and I was thinking, oh, you know, my, one of my granddad's favorite songs was like, sweep around your own front door before you try to sweep around mine. Some of y'all know it. But she was like, no, that's not his favorite song. This, I was like, well, he played it every time we got in the car. <laughs> but I found out that one of his favorite songs was In the Garden. Yeah. And, and a little backstory about, about, about In the Garden. There's, there's this hymn writer by the name of C. Austin Miles, who, who, who not only was a hymn writer, but he was a photographer. Y'all know I like photographers. <laughs> Shameless plus, all right. But one, one day, as he usually would do, he would go into uh, his room where uh, he, he kept um, all his photography stuff. But in that room, he also had an organ. And so he sat down. Y'all know I love organs. I'm Baptist, and that's all of them, right? But he sat down, and he, he, he plopped open his Bible, and it opened up to John chapter 20. Some of y'all know what John chapter 20 says. It, it's, it's Jesus appearing to Mary. And so he's sitting there, and he said, I remember the story. Oh, this is a good one. You know, and then he starts to imagine him in the garden with Mary. He's standing there, and he says, Mary's not so happy. Actually, Mary is sitting there with her, her hands wrapped around herself because what once was a tomb that was full is now empty. But she couldn't see yet what that actually meant. So she said, uh, there, there were angels in the tomb, and, and she said, um, they asked her, well, why are you crying? What, what's wrong, woman? And, and 
She said, well, I don't know where they put my Lord. And, and, and so she, she walks out of the tomb and she turns around and she sees somebody standing there and, and he, he addresses her and because of the time of day, she didn't quite know who he was because it was still dark and the sun hadn't got up to his full peak yet. And so she looked at him and she thought he was a gardener and then she turned her back on him. And she put her arm on the tombstone and, and began to cry again. And then Jesus, who that man was, called out to her and said, Mary. And she turned around and she said, there is my savior. And, and as, as uh, C. Austin was, was reading this, he said, oh, I got I to gotta put this down. I got a song in my spirit. And he begins to write these words. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God disclosed. And then he writes this, and he walks with me. <laughs> and he talks with me. And he tells me that I am his own. And the joy that we share as we tarry there. None other has ever known. This is, this is, this is good. But, but watch this. And back to, back to this text. It says in verse 22, my God sent his angels and shut the mouth of the lion and they haven't harmed me and for, for I was found innocent. <laughs> watch this. I was found innocent before God but not only that, I was found innocent before you, the king. You missed your shouting moment. This is when, this is when you have to remember that God has the last word. Because watch this, watch this, somebody had to come roll the stone away for Daniel. But in John chapter 20, the, the stone was already rolled away. There was nobody in the tomb. And Mary couldn't understand what is happening here. I don't know what's going on. And then she turned around and she said, my Savior has already rolled the stone away. And now he stands with all power in his hand. Let me tell you today, the same power that Jesus got up with is the same power that can help you in your darkest moment. The same power that in your difficult time, you can stand flat foot and say, God before me. Who can be against me? I know, I know that he's fighting for me. That, that Jesus would go walk up Golgotha's Hill Friday, hang on the cross, be beaten, bruised, battered, and broken for you and for me. And he would get up, he would, they would take him down from that cross and they would wrap him and put him in a tomb. But then he would get up on Sunday morning with all power in his hand. But you gotta understand that if you want to have some touch, some vision, and you want to have some victory in your darkest and difficult moment, you gotta trust in the one who can handle it for you. Take him as your Lord and Savior because he is indeed the one who will help you in your difficult time. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we bless you for 
your great work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Thank you that you have delivered us from the grips, from the miry clay, from a deep and dark place. You have rescued us and you've called us your own. And so Father, we are grateful for the blood of Jesus that covers a multitude of sin. Father, we pray now that you would help us and continue to develop in us godly character. That we would have self-control, that we would follow you and that we would live in a way that glorifies your great name. Father, here we are saying use us for your glory, honor, and praise. Pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ and every glad heart said, amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's message. I hope that it was a blessing to you and it was aiding in your life to help you to show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. If this message has been a blessing to you, we want you to consider partnering with us in ministry so that we can maximize what God has called us to do locally, nationally, and internationally. You can go to epiphanyfellowship.org, go under give and consider donating. Thank you. Take care. See you next week.